Hello, Doug. Hello, Carrie. <gasps> Hello, listeners. We're at season two, season four, episode two. We are we're we're in season four. <laughs> yes, twice over now. Yes, we are we are in it. Yes. So, do I get to ask yet what you thought? Oh man, I think there's no place to go but down. I kind of think that's a good call on your part. Oh, boy. I mean, there's so much different, um, apart from the fact that the, um, the, the apartment building is, like, half blown up. Um, it just is, it's, a, it, it's almost like a different way of filming. It is. It's, it's so funny, because I asked uh, my beloved as we watched this episode together, I was like, it, I was like, did you like the episode? And she said, yeah. And I said, it feels like a different show now, doesn't it? And she said, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a very different, like, like, they're sort of like, well, first of all, all the Melrose Placeans, they're putting in the same place. And they ha- kind of haven't done this in a while. Like, where they're all kind of running into each other all the time. And then they're following the story. So if you start with, like, let's say, Jane and Allison and somebody comes in for a visit, then the camera follows the person that visited out and into the courtyard where they run into Amanda. And then right. they have their scene. And then uh, and then the camera follows Amanda as she goes into her apartment with That's Sid. That's exactly right. And that happens more and more, um, I think, as the season continues, that, that stylistic shift of perspective. And I, I think we see more of. I'm not sure if I like that. I like it. You do you? I do. I mean, I don't love it. It's not like it has me running around screaming, "Oh my god!" But I do like it. I see. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I got. I guess I got. Maybe I got to get used to it because um, it's not. Yeah. I mean, on the one hand, I guess it's sort of refreshing from being from like the breaks, the clean break, clean break, clean break. You know. But at the same time, I'm a little like, I'm not sure how I feel about this. Yeah, I mean, it's not like the movie Slacker, where it's like you hand someone a dollar bill and then it goes somewhere else and then it goes somewhere else throughout the whole episode. But but there, there is a bit more uh, continuity in how um, the scenes flow. Because I was always distracted when they would have those quick cuts from like, oh, it's the middle of the day and we're at D&D and like all of a sudden it's a different group of people at night at shooters. Right. So for me, I think this is... Uh, a bit more seamless, hmm. more seamless. Yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. Um, so right off the bat, what I like about this episode is, so we've got our different pairs of roommates. We've got our Melrosians living together. And we're seeing the new post-bombing living arrangements now. Yes, we I, are. Which, oh, by the way, the episode is called Melrose is Like a Box of Chocolates. Which is also the 99th episode of the season. So the next uh, episode that we recap is the 100th. Wow. Wow, indeed. Wow. That's crazy. It is crazy because they jam 4,000 episodes a year. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Okay, yes. Yeah, so we, we, we definitely are in the new normal where we, what, what, there are only, what, four apartments left? Like, Jake's the only one without a roommate. Yeah, it's true. I think, well, I don't know. I don't know where Matt is. Where is Matt living? Matt's staying with Joe. He so Matt's with Joe. Alice, uh, so yeah, Allison is with Jane. Amanda and Sid are together, and Jake is alone. Okay. And Jake is alone. And Billy and Brooke are obviously and in Billy's Brooke, apartment. That's considered stable, even though there's no way that's stable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah. So everybody is paired up with the exception of Jake. Right, but that's okay because Jake 
has found solace in a bottle most of the time. So pretty much. Um. So do should we approach the episode differently since the episode is approached itself differently? Um. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you drive this car. Um. I'm gonna say no. We should just keep doing what we're doing. All right. Let's do what we're doing. Um, and I don't know. Can we do like Billy and Brooke first? Because yeah, I, I, I'm so I sick of them. My biggest, my biggest problem, and my biggest this show feels different now comes from Brooke. That's what I think. She's very one note. Yes, yeah, like she's been brought in as a disruptor, but they're still doing like. They're still doing too much world building with the Armstrongs, and it's not worth it. There's no payoff there? I'm not saying, um, not no payoff, but, like, I will say, I think the Haley-Brooke relationship looks and feels very incestuous to me. Yeah, it is kind of gross. And I don't think there is a payoff in that regard. Like, it's gross, but it's also stupid. Like, I think the Brooke thing is dumb because they brought her in... To, to be a, a rival for Allison and sort of be a foil for Amanda. And, like, who, like she really doesn't need to have that much power. And it's not interesting. Well, I guess then, because she doesn't... She, she Brooke, as a person, doesn't wield the power. She's not able to wield the power, but her, her connection with her father, the dad's money, is where the power dynamic comes in for her. Because if she didn't have that money behind her... She would not be able to upset the the balance. Right. So I'm probably going to skip a couple things here because I just want to talk about how dumb I think this story is 24 years after the fact. But it's the money thing, right? Mm -hmm. Ailey is a bazillionaire. And Brooke, I guess, has had an allowance. Well, because Brooke is what, like 40 years old? I mean, I know she's not supposed to be. (laughs) Um, And up until the marriage, it's like she's had an allowance from daddy. But I'm like... Money really wasn't a problem for you because I feel like he was always giving you handouts. But apparently, and this was a very 90s soapy thing, there was a codicil in her mother's will that was, Brooke was to receive more of an inheritance contingent upon her marrying. But, which is, I guess now they've retconned it to be why she set her sights on Billy, because he was an easy mark. Yeah, yeah. But she already had Lowell, that boyfriend, for a day when when she was trying to lure Billy in, a guy that I believe her daddy liked anyway. So if she just needed to have a man... Why not him? Marry the man she had. Right. In her world. Well, I guess I had forgotten about Lowell, so maybe they were banking on everybody else forgetting, too. I think they were. I think they were. Because I, you're right. When I, when I saw this plot line play out, I was like, okay... So now it's Brooke is marrying Billy because she wanted to get to her fortune, right? Like that her mom that was being withheld without being married. Well, why Billy? You could pick anybody. Yeah. And also, why uh, I'm asking a question of her dead mom, who was not a real character or person. Um, Why not just give your daughter the money? Like, why make it contingent on anything years after your will was that didn't bother me so much that that was kind of like well whatever you know that you know it was obviously a device that they needed to do but you know 
to to sort of force the marriage. But the question in my mind was just kind of like, well, why did it have to be Billy? It could have been Jake. Yeah. It could have been Matt. Matt Matt would have done it. That's true, too. You know, I mean, Matt could use the bailout. Yeah. You know, I, so anyway, that, that, that stuck with me. Cause I was like, oh, now this comes out. And again, like I just, it's that question of how far ahead were these episodes planned? Right. You know, like, I don't even think that it doesn't even feel like they had like an outline for these characters. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, so the better part of the, well, the better part of the Billy and Brooke storyline is the Allison using her potentially temporary blindness to try and worm her way back into, or I guess get Billy back into her good graces. Um, She's so good at it. it. This is, and we said this last week, the idea of seeing Jane and Allison be these like strategic go-getters is such a welcome change. It is. Because it doesn't ignore their history. It just builds on it. And it's like, these girls have boomerang. Like, okay, that's pejorative. I don't mean to say girls. These ladies have boomerang from where they were to where they are now. Right. Right. So, you know, and, and for once, this doesn't feel forced or out of character for them. Oddly enough, it doesn't. You know, like with Allison, it's kind of, it's almost like the explosion knocks some sense into her. Right. You know, and she's like, I'm going to go get what's mine. Um, and, and this is how I'm going to do it. And, and it was sort of almost like fortune, you know, fortune favors the blind, right? (laughs) (laughs) And, and with Jane, I mean, I think Jane's felt slightly more forced, um, than, than Allison's. Well, because in that she's basically like a vulture picking at a woman's dead body yeah 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 because it isn't just like jane trying to land or keep a man it's jane is trying to like reposition an entire major corporation like to her doing yeah which which was weird because i mean the founder and owner and face of the company dies and all of a sudden the person that's had her job for a day is going to step up and run it. Wait, what? <laughs> She's also had the husband for a hot minute, so that helps. I yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But yeah, we see. So Jane and Allison are now BFF. Um, you know, they have this cute little banter in the beginning over breakfast that Jane has made for Allison at her place that they're, uh, you know, Selma and Louise minus going over the cliff. They're both going to cheer each other on pursuing exactly what they want, which for Allison, that's good. Can I just say Courtney Thorne Smith's performance in that scene was wonderful. In the breakfast scene? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I won't disagree. I, I think so, too. I really enjoyed that. And it was like really, you know, because she's blind and it was she was trying to she was touching the food and putting her hand in her orange juice glass to see where the where the you know, where, where it topped off. And and I just thought it was really very specific and very good. It is. Yeah, she really rose to this little storyline. Yeah, I was I was very impressed with that. Yeah, I, I good call on it. I feel like I censor myself with the Courtney Thorne Smith praise because I want to give it all the time. So I'm glad you brought it up. Okay, good. Um, and so Allison tells Jane she's going to go back 
and demands that she get the job she wanted at D&D. Uh, the job that she had, she wants it back. Um, and Jane's like, okay, I'll take you. And they go to D&D, and they walk in on Amanda's office, and Jane's like, careful, Allison. The furniture is in different places. Why would Jane know that? Because because she was... Um, she, she, her account was with D&D. No, no, Jane would, Jane has been to D&D, but Jane wouldn't remember where Amanda's furniture is, would she? I don't know. I guess it depends how perceptive she was. I mean, I assume that she had to go to meetings there and stuff more than we saw her there. I guess she did. I guess so. It didn't bug me that much. I mean, just an opposite. It didn't bother me. Didn't keep me up. Didn't bug me all that much. Um, so, yeah, so, and, and all of a sudden we have a brand new Amanda. Yeah. Who yeah, um, is like, yes, you can have your job back. I think that would be wonderful. Yeah, Amanda is very much Team Allison these days. Yeah, and Brooke, meanwhile, is like shriveling up and dying beside her. <laughs> yeah, which is, that's the most fun part to watch of the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Because now, you know, it's it's actually nice to not have Amanda and Allison at each other's throats and to, and for Amanda, uh, for Allison to have this new foil in Brooke. Uh, well, I love both of it. I love that Allison and Amanda can get along. And I love that Brooke is the new foil. Yeah. I, for, for both of them, really. I mean, I found Brooke very insufferable just as, like, a character. And I'm, gotta, I'm, you know, I know everybody loves her, but I don't particularly enjoy watching Kristen Davis. Interesting. I have no problem with her. I actually think I still enjoy watching her as Brooke. But I'm guessing that a lot of fans probably expressed displeasure at Brooke. But and that's why she's on longer. It's not even like... The the character you love to hate, do you know what I mean? Like that, I guess that like Joan Collins did that with you know. Well, if anything, that's that was what Amanda, Amanda was. But although I honestly didn't see the real hate with because Amanda there, you know, Amanda was much less of a bitch than they advertised her as. She was just the grown up. Yeah, she was just the grown up. Like as yeah. I see it, she was just the grown up. But, but there's a way to sort of, like, get, make an unlikable character. You can, you can, the audience can root for the unlikable character. And, and I just don't see that with Brooke. And I think that that's what's missing. Well, I think there's a huge lesson to be learned from watching what Laura Layton has always done as Sydney compared to what Kristen Davis is doing as Brooke. And some of that is in the writing, I think. A lot of it probably is. Um, but Sid was always three-dimensional and charming and had this underdog thing going. Yeah. Where Brooke doesn't have that. Brooke is an overdog with no new tricks. Right. An overdog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's a, that's a thing now. Overdog. It is a thing, an overdog. Um, okay. So, do, I mean, what, what else can we say? So, um... Allison gets her job back. Um, and then well, they're at a meeting. They're, is yeah. that the next thing that sort of happens? They have this meeting? Yes. And, um, and, and, and Brooke basically quits in the meeting. And she's yeah. like, I don't need this job anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be rich anyway. This is the day before you know, she's, her mother's will is going to get read or she's going to find out what her, what she's getting from her right. mother. 
And she's like, well, I'm going to be, I don't need the money. I'm rich or I'm going to be rich. She's already rich, but there you go. And so she like walks out. I don't quite, what, why did she, why was she all, all upset? Oh, because, um, Allison's idea was good. Yeah. And Allison was like, I'm sorry. I have to use the bathroom. Can you take me? And it's like, like Brooke is on to Allison's tricks, but, but it's like the combination she's feeling that Amanda doesn't have her back. Right. Which she's not wrong. Right. But she doesn't deserve it. No, she doesn't. And it's like, you know, I guess I'm finding myself surprised during this revisit how anti-Brooke I am. Um, but but I'm anti-Brooke. Did you remember liking her originally? I remember liking her originally because I thought she made for good story. And that, and that didn't last all the way until the end, but it, I think I still liked it in these episodes the first time around. Okay. Um, and I wonder if I will still feel that way as the quadrangle continues. Interesting. Interesting. My, my guess is I'm not going <laughs> to. So she quits. So Brooke quits. Um, but then she goes to that meeting and daddy invited Billy to that lawyer meeting. And she, for some reason, did not want Billy there. And right. that's when Billy finds out about the inheritance, but it was the after you're married inheritance, and he is not happy with that. But Brooke also has another surprise in store, and that is her inheritance is not what she thought it was going to be. Well, there's, yes, the surprise is what's in store for Brooke. It's not what she has in store. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that inheritance is only $10,000. A year for 10 years. She's gotten yeah. 100 grand. Big deal. I mean, not bad. It's nice to have, but not enough to leave D&D for. Definitely not enough to leave D&D for. So, so Billy, for once, is smart enough to realize he doesn't like this. Yeah. Brooke is, she's got a mad husband and not as much money as she thought. Yeah, and she's broke. Yeah. And, and, and Daddy won't front her any allowance money because, basically, he says, Billy needs to give you your allowance now. And you know that's not going to happen. No, I mean, the whole thing is dumb. What father would deny his daughter money, but whatever. But whatever. So, um, meanwhile, Billy picks up dinner for Jane and Allison and drops it off at Jane's place. At Jane's place, where, where Allison is cleaning herself off before dinner. Yes, so Allison's in the shower, and, you know, timing is everything, and Allison manages to take a tumble in the bathroom while she's in the shower. So Billy has to go in and rescue her. <laughs> and yeah. It unnerves Billy. Yeah. It unnerves Billy because Allison is naked as the day she was born and Billy has to help her up and he's basically holding her and it's clear he still has feelings for her. And then Jane comes home and Billy like basically runs. Yeah. But right before he runs, doesn't he also like kind of kiss her? cheek like he like nuzzles her almost and they have this moment and and then he like skedaddles yeah he like he like bolts and um and 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 we find out afterwards that it was a complete setup um allison did it on purpose um to to sort of get under his skin yeah exactly she knew what she was doing so but i have one unanswered question okay was that meal from pagoda king 
Allison's favorite go-to Chinese place that Billy mentioned like two seasons ago. I think it must have been because didn't because Jane said something about like Billy stopped getting Chinese food. It's fattening. It's fattening. Yeah. So it must have been from Pagoda King. That that was my question. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really it for Allison Billy bro. Um, so I guess we can talk about Matt for a hot minute because he's still in trouble, but we didn't see much about, we didn't see all of that much with him. A little bit. No, but, but the Matt storyline is great this episode because he like gets three different punches in on people. Yeah. Matt's sort of swinging at everything right now. Yeah. Um, so no, who does he punch first? Uh, in the hospital, uh, Dr. Feelbad, whatever his name is, Paul Grant, I think is the real name. Right. Uh, so, like, I guess he's recovered from his wife's quote-unquote murder because he's, like, back at work in the hospital. Yeah, he's, like, sitting at a table with a very young-looking nurse, and he's flirting with her. Yeah. Well, well, well Matt is talking to Michael uh, at another table. Okay, so here's the thing that I couldn't figure And I know people can be more than, you know, people, people can be... They don't we, necessarily, you're not necessarily just gay, just straight. I'm talking at the spectrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're, you could be anywhere in terms of, you know, who you're attracted to and stuff like that. But let's remember, this is the 1990s. Um, and so at least being open about it was unusual. So here's my question. Was Dr. Feelbad just pretending to be gay so that he could set somebody up for his wife's murder? I believe so, yes. Is that what they're getting at here? Because they're not... They're not coming out and being really obvious about it. I think, I, well, I think my memory is telling me one of two things. I think, yes, that is actually what he did. But I also think there might also be a confession that, like, he did really love Matt, even though he used him and framed him for his wife's murder. So nothing says love like a good old murder framing. Right. Right. It's like uh, it's like smacking the girl on the playground you have a crush on. Exactly. Uh, I mean, I think he's probably been closeted, but the behavior is really such that it's like, no, he straight and seduced this guy for the whole framing device. Right. Like, I couldn't figure out, like, where they're, like, where they're going. Like, are they creating this into, like something he's conflicted about who he is and who he loves or or is this just a convenient framing device i think it was part of a more elaborate scheme but but i'm trying to remember if we learn that there's anything more there and i'm just gonna have to live in the question until we know we actually see it okay fair enough so yeah so he he Decks Dr. Feelbad, and I don't remember what provoked that. Was it just the man's existence? I think he just saw him there. And like, just... they're all, they all uh, in the hospital, which, by the way, and my girlfriend is right about this, I would never go to this hospital. No, absolutely not. No, I would go far away to find someone else. But you know who steps in to break up the fight? Peter? Michael. Oh, Michael is like kind of a hero. Michael is a total hero, and yeah. Michael has got Matt's back. Yeah. Like, right. a few times yeah. in this Michael, episode. Yeah, Michael's doing good for Matt, yeah. Like, Michael is being, like, really, like, pro-Matt, and that's making me very pro-Michael. Yeah, Michael is 
Yeah, Michael is sort of on the side of decent this episode. Yeah, he kind of is. Um, so Matt's lawyer, of course, is not happy with um, with the fact that Matt punched Doctor Feelbad out in the hospital in front of all yeah. these witnesses. Um, and she does say that he's been he's been questioned by the cops um, that Doctor Feelbad a couple of times um, at Parker Center. Um, and those of you who read a lot of Harry Bosch will know exactly what that is. Um, so, so he, so, so she seems to think, you know, cause Matt's like, well, isn't that good? Maybe they're looking at him for, and she seems to think that he might be cutting a deal by saying, yes, you two had a thing. And yes, you, you know, maybe talked about getting rid of the wife, but it was you that followed through on that conversation. So basically like. He's going to throw him out under the bus. Yeah. Yeah. So. More to worry about. Yes. So much more for Matt to worry about. Poor Matt. Um, uh, and then we see Matt again at Shooters that night. Or, or one some night, right? Yeah, I think it's like later that night he goes to I Shooters because he's telling Joe all about it. Yeah, we have a bunch of our cast members at Shooters in this episode, and I really like it. I like when we can get as many of them into one place as possible, almost regardless of the reason. Yeah, so, and this is where they do the thing where the camera's following one to the other, to the next, to the next, to the yeah. next. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, this was one of those moments. Um, but yeah, so Matt is is talking to um, to Joe about what had happened at the hospital, and um, and Jake snatches Joe away from Matt, and kind of is like kind of like forcing her to dance because he's like lit. He's really really drunk and he's yeah, being he's, super aggressive. Yeah, he's been self medicating his grief. Yes. Yeah, and he's being like super super aggressive, and she's trying to like push away from him, and he's like not taking no for an answer. So Matt like gets up and he punches out Jake. Yeah. Twice. Yeah, twice. It was great. Good for you, Matt. And um, I forgot who broke that one up. I want to say Michael, but that's probably not true. Um, I don't know who broke that up. Who broke that up? My notes are all screwed up. So let's see. Joe and Matt and Jake were all there. Amanda was sitting at the bar when it happened. She's actually, like, annoyed when he goes over to talk to Joe. And, and Sid is also there. But is anyone else? That might have been it. And Sid is very disinterested in badly behaving Jake. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. like, come have a drink. And she's like, no, I'm going home. Yeah. And she's, like, really being grown up. Sid's making the right call. She is not being wrong. And she's like, no, you're drunk, and I'm leaving. Yeah. You know, so, and that's when, I think that's when Jake goes and bothers Joe. Yeah, and then after that, Sid, when uh, the that's broken up, Sid walks away, and he says, if you go, you're fired. Yeah, and she's like, I quit. She's like, fine, then I quit. Because she's like, I don't need this shit in my life. Yeah. She can find new shit. Not yeah. to worry. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and then after that is when, I mean, we can just follow this one through like the cameras themselves are doing, I guess. Um, Joe, Jake goes into his office and Joe follows him in there. Yeah. And Jake is basically having a meltdown because yeah. he's crying and he's like, I killed my brother. Yeah, and and that's where, yeah, it's finally catching up to him. Um, which was a very sad and, and I thought touching moment, and it was very nicely done. It is, a, yeah, a, a yes, very well done. The whole thing of like watching like, um, 
Jake 3.0 because like he was like such a good guy for most of the last season or two and before that he was like the have a good time guy like now it's like it's a different Jake that we've seen and it's kind of a return to the way they advertised him in the beginning where he was like you know like kind of the rebel um I've liked watching it I've liked all of these like newfangled versions so far of, of the people in season four I guess so yeah um good job on you Grant show in the scene um, well, I also feel like Jake is the only one that's really, or the only tr- character that has truly changed as a character as he's gone through the seasons in terms of first being the bad boy and then being this and now he's a responsible business owner. And, you know, like, like, like you've actually seen a progression of him sort of like growing up that I can't say we've seen for all the characters. He's really the only one who has evolved, I would say, of yeah. everyone. Yeah, which is which has been really sort of interesting because I mean I think that everybody else is almost like where they were from season one at this point, right? I mean, maybe with the exception of Michael because he didn't seem like that big of a cad in season one, and then they were like, "Wait a minute!" Halfway through, let's make him the asshole. Yeah, you know. Um, but other than that, like I can't even think of anybody who's really evolved the way Jake has. Uh, maybe Sid, uh, but I think that depends on like from storyline to storyline. Yeah, it just depends on the weather. Yeah, um, um, I, th- I would say Allison has devolved, but that's mostly in terms of like the baggage they've saddled her with from season to season. Yeah, yeah, they've given her a lot to deal with, uh, and they're not done. <laughs> Let's just keep heaping abuse on poor Allison. Yeah, no, they sure do, but you know, I'll return to that before long. Um, and I mean, I think that is the last we see of Matt in that. Yeah, so he only had two, two KOs. Right, yeah, yeah, but they were worth it. They were absolutely worth it. Um, and do we see Joe or Jake again in the, uh, the final segment? I don't think we do. I don't think there's anything left there, but that's a good point for us to follow Sid. Um... Or I guess we should backtrack and go back to Michael and Peter. From and the Kimberly, too. Yeah. Yeah. So Kimberly's still locked up uh, in, the, in the hospital, and she still doesn't believe that she killed people and that she tried to kill people and that she blew up right. the building. Can't believe that she was capable of doing anything. She's like, I didn't even know how to make a bomb. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so and Peter is still kind of talking like promising her things and being very involved in her treatment and and taking a bigger interest than just a as a doctor would i still don't get his end game here no i mean at this point i think it's just residual guilt from the season finale um but he is actively uh involved you know because i'm trying to like are they trying to like change peter from like how he was horrible are they trying to turn him into a good guy now get there okay so that's what this is this is all about building his reputation so that he's a good guy yeah the big thing about season four is that like from now on pretty much jack wagner is our male protagonist like he is our male hero oh my god what a switch so like they've essentially like shunted jake and billy aside to make room for like it to become the jack wagner show and it really is for, like, the next two seasons. Yay! I don't have a problem with that. Um, do you have a problem with the hair? Nope. Okay. Jack Wagner can do whatever Jack Wagner wants. <laughs> we love him. 
We loves him. He's the precious. By the way, I can't remember if I've mentioned it before, but if I have, it bears repeating. He and Josie Bissett are continuing to make a series of these, ro- like, uh, um, romantic TV films for Hallmark, I think. I gotta get the Hallmark channel, man. I gotta, I gotta see what they're doing. Like, yeah. I know it's saccharine shit, but I gotta see this stuff. It's, I gotta say, it's, you've seen one, you've seen them all, but if I could write all of them, I would love to. Well, I mean, yeah. You know, yeah, from, did I ever tell you that there's a house down the street from mine that looks like it needs to be in one of the Hallmark, Hallmark Christmas movies? No, what, what characterizes that? Um, it's just this, it's super cute. Um, but it's kind of big. Like, you know how like their houses are always like super cute, but kind of big. Yeah. Um, you know, like it's quaint, but large. So it's only, it's like kind of, I think it's like one story. So it's kind of more long than like, it's not like a big, you know, and it's, and it's yellow. It's like sunshine yellow. And, and it just has like, it's just like really well done with like the white trim and like it just, and every time I drive by, especially in the, around Christmas time when they have Christmas lights up and stuff like that, I'm always like, that needs to be in one of those Hallmark movies. Yeah. Every time I drive by it. Less so now because it's summer and it's a little bit, you know, overgrown, you know, because as people's yards tend to get this time of year if you're not, like, out there pruning every day. Um, but, like, in the winter, totally. And then you can, like, also really see the house because right now, like, there are trees and stuff, like, obscuring it. But when you can even, like, really see the house and it's nighttime and there are lights going, you're like, wow, that needs to be in a Hallmark movie. Ooh, I'll have to check it out. It's just very quaint. I'll try to I'll try to take a picture someday. I like quaint. It's very quaint. It's like the small town. It's like the quintessential small town big house. You know, and the, and they're they're always like the yeah. yeah you know, and they always have those in the. It's always about the small towns in those movies. Well, they are, they're like, but they're like the perfect small town. It's yes. Like, yes. It's, it has like the downtown square with every possible store you could ever and bakery you could ever want. Like you don't have to go far to have what you need. Right there, and they're all mom and pop stores. There are no big box stores. You know the the small businesses aren't suffering like they are in Main Street USA. <laughs> oh, that we lived in that world. No, uh, well, if we write it enough, it's like we live it. Yeah, we'll just pretend. Okay, so. That was Josie Pizzette and Jack Wagner, and I need to get a Hallmark channel, and we need to talk about, right, so Kimberly's crazy. Right, so Jack, is, uh, Peter is tending to crazy Kimberly. Right, and um, Michael wants nothing to do with her, but meanwhile, Michael and Peter are establishing a partnership, a professional partnership. They are going to be doctors together. They're going to have their own office. Yeah, sounds like a recipe for nothing but success to me. Such an unlikely partnership, but there you go. Um, but meanwhile, like, Peter is going to all of Kimberly's nemesises. Nemesis? Nemesis. Nemesis. It would be a nemesis. Um, he's going to all her nemesis, and he's basically like, don't press charges, don't say bad things about her. Like, he's like, he's kind of like... Yeah, he whist- tells Michael not to go through with divorcing her because that will make her better for her. Yeah. And then he's like, and he told Amanda not to like pursue a stalking charge against yeah. her. And like, like he's really kind of like the Kimberly whisperer. 
Yeah, it's true. It's, it's, it's kind of weird. And again, like, I don't quite understand what this is all about. No, I mean, I knew that he was there to, like, help Kimberly in the beginning of this season, but I can't remember if this actually goes somewhere. But, but yes, uh, shocking as it is, like, they actually do sort of find a way to rehabilitate and redeem Kimberly in this season. Well, so there's a scene where, like, poor Kimberly is suffering through a Rorschach test with a terrible psychiatrist. And she's, like, arguing with him. And she's like, let me, you know, I don't need this. I'm not crazy. I'm not going through the, I'm not doing this. And then she's like, fine, just give me, like, a pencil and piece of paper and I'll, and I'll draw you something. And he's like, no. And he hedges a little and then he finally does it. And he sharpens the pencil. And she takes the pencil and she drives it into his hand. Right and- into his hand. <laughs> right into his hand. And I'm and like, then- there's the Kimberly we know and love. And then Psycho Kimberly runs all the way up to the roof of the hospital and looks like she's going to jump. Peter happens to be right there, of course, and follows her up and, like, like talks her down from the ledge. But she's going to, like, jump all the way into, like, whatever that not Beverly Hills background was. Um, yeah, I mean, like, Kimberly is not okay. But, but Peter was sort of, like, talked her off the ledge, literally, by yeah, telling her that he loved her. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I really don't remember. So I don't know exactly what Peter is doing with this. Yeah. And I feel like there were, there was a lot of, I love you's kind of like bandied about this episode with Peter and Kimberly. And then who else did it where I was kind of like, wait, what? That was awfully fast. Um, who else does it? Oh, it was Richard and Jane. Like, I think Richard told Jane that he loved her. Well, I mean, they might as well. You know, like after he was like all angry and angry at her and saying that she was like ruining, you know, his ex-wife's memory and all this other stuff. And then and then she like they they have this confrontation and he basically is like, well, but I love you or whatever it was. Or maybe she said it to him. I think she says it to him. Okay, I couldn't remember. I can't remember exactly who said it, but I remember there were an awful lot of I love you's getting thrown around. And I was kind of like, wait, guys, come on now. Yeah, I think she comes to his house, and I think that's when it happened. Right. Yeah. But you know who's not saying I love you? Who was left? Michael and Sid. No, not yet. Yeah. So um, Peter and uh, Michael are looking for office space, and they found one. um, And I couldn't tell if it was in the hospital or not. No, I think it's elsewhere. It's not supposed to be, but then it seemed like something happened where they were, like, pretending to be in the hospital. But anyway, um, I think they're supposed to be in Beverly Hills, right? Aren't they supposed to be Beverly Hills doctors at this point? I I thought so, yeah. Anyway, it's kind of like a fancy pants um, office. Yes. And they need to hire staff, so they're looking for a receptionist. So Michael has a room full of young and buxom women. And Peter is like, absolutely not. We're not going to have any women in here that we want to date. Yeah. Um, and so he's basically like, no. And then, and then Michael's like, well, I don't even know who to look for. And then guess who walks in? It's like, you know, the, his prayers are answered. In comes Sid. Not just Sid, but uh, a newly unemployed Sid. Newly unemployed Sid, who is like, I just got fired. You know anybody who who's hiring? Or she's like, I just left my job. Who do? You, can you help me? Like, let me know if you know of any openings. And he's like, as a matter of fact, I do. So it looks like Sid is going to be working for 
the doctors burns and mancini yep you got it which i think is going to be awesome but i think it's a great repositioning yeah yeah i I think that's going to be terrific but i can see how this season sid is being underutilized even though we're only at episode two yeah and like part of me is hoping this job that she gets means that she will be inserted more into the season, but I don't know that I'm going to be that hopeful. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know why I I can't remember her having any real A-plot the whole season, um, but I don't. Yeah. I remember, you know, some of the things that happened, and there's some funny things, but I, I feel like she's really us, you know, on the sidelines. Right. Right. Um, so was that it? Did we run through everything? That's, um, yeah, that's really it. I mean, it was a pretty balanced episode, ultimately, in terms of, you know, screen time and, and like, repositioning everyone. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's nice to see Allison and Amanda getting along. It's nice to see Allison and Jane asserting themselves. It's nice to see Matt punching people, even if he's facing jail time. Um so, so yeah. So next week is the 100th episode. Wow. Now, did they make a thing about it being the 100th episode at the time, or was it just yeah. another episode? No, I mean, I don't think it was a huge deal, but the, yeah, they definitely, you know, promoted it. Um, and they did the same thing with the 150th and the 200th. I think those were double episodes when they mm. ran. I think this is just a one hour. Okay. Cool. Now, if memory serves... It's either this one or the next one that is, like, the reopening of Melrose Place. Of, like, the reconstructed Melrose Place. Oh, I want to know who, co- what contractor they used. Huh? Yeah, seriously. Holy crap. That was speedy. Um, I may be wrong, but I think that's when it happens. Well, that's kind of unfortunate. I'm kind of enjoying watching them, all these characters, like, kind I of thrown together. Maybe it... it doesn't happen as quickly as that. Because, like, Sid and Amanda being roommates is hilarious. Well, I will say that was, like, that was a great opening scene where Sid's singing Hernando's Hideaway in the shower and Amanda's telling her she's got a skedaddle. Um, it's like, and she's like, remember, you're living here rent-free. It's like, Amanda, you're being such an Amanda. <laughs> Meanwhile, Amanda could put herself up at, like, the Ritz-Carlton. I know! That's what I would do. Yeah, I would take it in a hotel. Probably, like, take it off your insurance could probably cover it too well i would assume yeah yeah so i guess to be continued i'm hoping that next week we get more matt i hope so too i feel like we might i hope so because i i feel like this is one of those i don't know i feel like i'm worried that this is going to be one of those plot lines that they kind of leave you hanging with um, I don't think they do. And the one thing I liked about this episode is even though his uh, storyline sort of pulls him completely away from everyone, they still found a good amount of uh, reasons for him to be integrated into our other characters' scenes. We had him with Joe, we had him with Michael, we had him punching Jake. I was like, that's pretty good for someone who's like got no actual stake in anyone else's lives there. So, wait, here's a question now. Do we, <laughs> Matt's going to have to lose his job, right? Um, not necessarily. Okay, because, like, the hospital guy didn't seem to, like, think, you know, have, think very much of Matt. The, the hospital big, the big wig. 
You mean Calvin Hobbes? Yeah, Calvin Hobbes there. I think he keeps his job. Okay. Because I was just kind of curious about that. And I was thinking, well, you know, Michael's a fan. He could go work at Mancini and Burns. That's true. They should probably have a social worker, in fact. I think they're probably going to need one. Um, So, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's the episode. Um, Do you guys see the tone of the series changing yet? If so, do you like it? Let us know. Uh, You can hit us up at uh, Back on the Block Pod on Facebook and share your thoughts. Yeah, that's that's how you can find us. Yeah. I had nothing else to add. <laughs> okay, that's where we are. While you're at it, go to iTunes, give us five stars, because you love us. Yep, one, two, three, four, five. Mm-hmm. Show, uh, show your love. Prove your love. Prove your love the way Peter loves Kimberly. Exactly. Five star us, baby. Oh, oh, one other thing I didn't get to mention. Oh, yes. I feel like it should be mentioned every week. Let's let's not overlook just how terrible Patrick Muldoon is. He's not good. No, he's not good. No, he's not. He will continue to be not good. Excellent. How how much longer do we have to put up with him? He's there the whole season. Oh, good. Yeah. Excellent. Looking forward. Well, you know, he makes Billy look not awful. That's it. I mean, I I believe that's why they cast him. He's there to boost Billy a little bit. Um, cool. So we're going to head on over to Hollywood Boulevard. Yep, we're going to time travel to the present now. Yep. We're going to time travel to the present. We are going to talk some HBO stuff um, before I get rid of it. Um, and and uh, and I think we've got some theater things to discuss. Well, yeah, some theatery things. Some theatery things. So hit us up over there um, and we will be back. Oh, not next week, the week after next. Oh, right. Yes, I should say. Um, I am going on a vacation, so we will not be recording next week, I don't think. Somebody's going uh, on holiday. So, so when we come back to talk about the 100th episode, uh, I can also regale you with tales of my girlfriends and my trip to Aruba. I'm jolly. You're going to have, have a great time. To recommend that we do while we're there uh, or eat while we're there. Again, talk to us on the Facebook page. Yes. Okay, so we're going to Hollywood Boulevard. We hope you follow us over there. Um, And we'll see you guys next time. That's right. Bye.